Hello and welcome back to season two of the Feel Good Parenthood podcast. We are super excited to have you here. We are up to lucky number 13. I'm Emma. I am Courtney and poor old (laughs) Steph is um, getting her way through the school holidays or solo parenting. So she's not able to join us for a few episodes, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Poor thing. She is in survival mode. (laughs) Absolute utter survival mode. Yep, we've we've all dropped a lot of balls over these holidays, but I think poor Steph is getting a run for her money. Yeah, but it's okay. That's it. I haven't got to school holidays yet. We're a week behind, so I'll be there next week. (laughs) I'm one week in, and I'm just like, oh gosh, my mum offered to actually have the kids for a few nights. I was like, that sounds like a bloody good idea. Thank you, mum. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that is a whole body yes. <laughs> it's a full body yes, yes. Yeah. Well, today our episode is basically something that I love to actually talk quite a bit about and it's a parent trap that we all <laughs> fall into. Like, I, we really do. Yes, we all <laughs> fall into this. I fall into this too and I'm very aware of it. So, um, yeah, there's no perfection in this household either. But um, this parent trap is basically the one where us adults love to overtalk. We love to <laughs> nag. We love to repeat one instruction 12 times. Um, we love to call out to our kids from the other side of the house to get them to do something. Yeah. 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 In, in language that they don't even understand. <laughs> no. I find no. Myself Way too many this, things like, going on. Yeah, like trying to explain something and I explain it in a different way. And as the words are coming out of my mouth, all I can think is like, you have no idea what I'm saying. I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just babies. They're just yeah. babies, aren't they? I know. I know. This was something, honestly, that I learned very, very quickly when I first stepped into uh, teaching children with additional needs is mm. how you really have to master the verbal language that you use with children because all you know at the end of the day we all actually do better with visuals you know we need the facials we need to hear the tone um even having you know real life objects or pictures something to give context for stuff not just verbal. so our children's little brains especially when we love to give like one instruction like go put your shoes on and then we give it another 12 times within the space of like 10 seconds because they haven't jumped as soon as we've asked them to jump, their little brains haven't even processed it the first time we said it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, I remember for me it was quite, like, a huge revelation when I learned about them being more, um, you know, like emotionally brained than logically brained for so long. And I was like, oh, so my, like, really logical instructions and things that make a lot of sense for me actually make no sense to them at all. And, yeah, it was, you know, using the things, um, the visual cues and that sort of stuff that, yeah, it was just such a light bulb moment. I wish I had learned it a lot sooner. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I feel like this is like one of those like parenting 101s, like you needs to be like the number one one. <laughs> yeah, um, it just, really does. Just, 
Yeah, and it literally will just calm the whole household down. If you stop, like, we love to fall into the dramatics and, like, honestly, it's been pretty stressful for us. Like, we've been moving house. There's been a lot of things going on and we're doing, you know, the outside stuff and finishing off stuff on the inside and, and blah, blah, blah. And we just kind of find ourselves automatically falling into that ranting and raving dramatics of stuff when we're trying to get yeah. our kids to listen. And I'm like, you know, even just this morning, I said to my husband, I'm like, we've got to actually, like, pull ourselves back back to what we are usually like with our kids because i think when you're tired and you're exhausted physically mentally emotionally all of those things it's really easy just to default back to this dramatic crap and it doesn't serve anyone it doesn't serve me it doesn't serve my kids uh nobody actually is getting we're not actually getting out of them what we want out of them anyway no, because they're just no they're fighting you and, and i think and you just end up living in this state of stress response like that's what we talk about yeah. all the time is like you can mm. feel like that on edgeness all the time you triggered so much mm. more easily than you would be normally but to be able to have mm. that awareness and step back and be like okay things are sliding <laughs> things yes. are really sliding and we need to, yeah. to be able to push it back the other way is yeah I think and it's have the some awareness for yourself. that comes in. Yeah. Oh, totally. And have some grace totally. for yourself because sometimes there's just, you know, there's times in our lives where we're just like a little bit more hectic than than usual. But, um, yeah, and it's yeah, never I love be to perfect. use, nah, nah, and our kids don't need perfection anyway. I've no. actually just been busy writing a, um, a lesson on secure attachment and ruptures and repairs for yes. our little yep. parent course that's going to be uh, dropping hopefully middle of this yeah. year. And, I know, so exciting. Anyway, um, I've just been writing all about Side that. Side note, like, oh, God, this don't is... tell anyone. <laughs> you're on the you're on the inside now. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. I got all excited in my. You head were writing about. Forgotten. You were writing about um, ruptures and repairs. Oh yes, and that whole idea of not actually needing to be perfect, and that trying to be mm. perfect is actually going to be far more damaging to your relationship, your child's development, and yourself. Um, yeah. So striving for perfection, or even striving to look like things are perfect, is mm-hmm. is it is not a good thing. You just have to learn to be able to repair the shit that yeah. goes down and yeah. do it well. And, you know, I was actually having a conversation just the other day with a mum about perfection, perfection, um, and mm. I was like, you know what? Say it perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, but perfect's pretty fucking boring, really, isn't it? Like, totally. if you never have any ups and downs and adventures and you'd never learn, like, there'd, there'd be no challenges, you wouldn't grow, it would actually just be pretty fucking boring. Yeah, I can definitely <laughs> say my mid-20s were definitely not perfect. <laughs> Dude, I'm nearly 40 and I can say the first 40 years of my life haven't been perfect. No. <laughs> I was just, I'm just dreaming about my single day. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, we've yes. got like, I love how we love do like a little off the side. But yes. um, yeah. back to this idea, <laughs> explaining yeah. things with too many details, um, you know, pleading logic and going on and on and on. And, um, you know, even kind of getting into that blame and shame cycle of like, I always yeah. ask you to do this and you never do this. And why can't you listen to me? And, like it's just yeah it's just so so dramatic the other thing as well that we do during those meltdowns and tantrums uh, you know and those big behaviors and escalations is that we talk too much through those as well and the so number guilty. one thing yes i know because you want to fix it and you want to make yeah. it right and you want to help love them to feel talk. calm again yeah, i just don't want to listen 
<laughs> but when we do this and when we talk too much, we're actually um, making it far more counterproductive. And yeah. uh, in the circle of, superior, uh, circle of Security Parenting course that um, I do facilitate, there's like a bit of a um, model that they show you or that I would show you that's like if you're kind of constantly going against your child when they're escalating, you're actually increasing the escalation. So you're mm-hmm. better to just actually ground yourself yeah back to center and just wait for those emotions to pass and something like my son is definitely a um zero to a million personality in terms of like his level of frustration if he can't get something Mm. relatively quickly he gets pissed off real fast and then we go straight up but the because we've worked on this so hard for so long um we're now at the point now where i can go straight in and i can be like oh my gosh buddy that is so frustrating are you trying to x y or z and he goes yeah and then the emotions can come so we've kind of gone past the anger we've gone into the i'm feeling sad and frustrated about this and we can get through it a lot quicker but that takes a lot of practice and time and a repeated experiences for our kids to understand that and also to trust us to trust me and hubby that we're gonna that we've got them through those moments as well yeah Mm. absolutely yeah I think being able to hold them securely and let them feel those emotions and ride through them and know that they're going to be supported and not shut down um is Mm -hmm. so important so important and not shamed and not blamed for feeling the things that they're feeling and yeah, like that's a real big thing, real big yeah. thing. So yeah. I've got I've got here nine steps. That I should have rounded it off to ten, but anyway, we've got nine yeah. steps. <laughs> that goes what against what we're talking about, hey? <laughs> I know, no, no perfection. <laughs> um, of what you can do instead. So I reckon we just go, you go, you do one, M, and I'll do the next one. Number one. Yeah, cool. Um, so something that we're amazing at is, yeah, talk less. Um, if you find yourself over explaining and continuing to talk through a simple instruction that could be two or three words or it could be as simple mm. as I'm here, I've got you, stop talking. Just stop talking. Mm. <laughs> they won't yeah. notice if you, you don't stop have talking to feel... mid-sentence because they're not listening anyway. <laughs> and you don't have to fill the silence as well. Like, I think that that's no. another really interesting point too. Um, yeah. Number two is slow it down. And this, honestly, we could rant about that one on another episode about how our lives are just too busy, that we're trying mm-hmm. to do too many things, be too many places, be too many things to people that... Mm-hmm. Our, our brains are fried as mothers our brains are fried because we're not slowing down yeah. so slow down give yourself more time if you know that something is like a tricky situation or a transition is particularly challenging for your child and for you slow down simplify it um pull it apart and see what you can remove or reduce to make it easier for everybody yep somebody that's unsubscribed from busy I highly advocate Mm. for slowing down (laughs) I actually Mm. love saying no to things now (laughs) yeah when Um, you've got that practice under your belt eh (laughs) no sorry I'm busy on that day what are you doing well I'm not too sure yet but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm too busy to come um number three yeah that's it um and number three soften your voice and this Mm. is something we have definitely been really practicing in our house because I've been trying Mm. to teach my daughter that my son like 
my daughter being six and my son being three, that when you yell at him <laughs> or when you get really stressy in your voice at him, he's not going to listen. But if you soften your voice, mm -hmm. you bring back that mm -hmm. tone, he will listen. Um, now she runs around like whispering really loudly, but he listens <laughs> a lot easier. Um, and when she gets frustrated, it's like, James. <laughs> um, but yeah, soften your voice, soften your tone when you're talking to them. Yeah. 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 Um, that's actually a funny one because my five and a half year old and my three year old are navigating that same thing. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God. I'm like, honey, you're going to have to try another way. Think of another way. What else could we try? <laughs> Yeah. Those yeah. are in my good parenting moments. Other times I'm just like, Quinn, you can't talk to him like that. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, but I'll just talk to you like that. Yeah. And now it's just like. <laughs> yep, see, perfect parenting. Don't even yeah. try. <laughs> no. I no. oh, love it. All right, number four, uh, we need to use, where possible, five words or less, especially when it comes to things like instructions, giving instructions, or it's when you're setting a boundary. So five words or less. If you can't count it on your fingers, on your hand, figure out another way to say it so that it's more direct, it's far clearer, um, and there's like literally zero guesswork that's needed from your child. Yeah. 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 Um, number five, focus on nonverbals. So um, oh, I love this one. So more mm. eye contact, more closeness, affection, reassurance, um, encouraging them and being aware of your own body language. Um, any huffing, puffing, rolling eyes. <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, because it is, they are like, that's kind of like, that's where we all start is being able mm. to understand and learn body language like even as tiny little babies um you know and I've, I've yeah. even heard a few theories of like that's why babies eyesight is so short because the first thing that they can see and focus on is their mum's face and that's how they learn um facial expressions like that's how they learn how to smile mm. and pull all of these faces so mm. when you consider you know if we're talking about somebody that's even three or five years old they're so much closer to that understanding mm. than they are that of somebody in their twenties mm. um, when their mm. brains are kind of nearly developed, but yeah, really focusing on what your body and what your face is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Your nonverbal cues to your child is really going to be the thing that ultimately communicates the message that you are verbally saying. So if your words yeah. don't actually match your energy, your body language, your facial expressions, mm. then don't say anything. Wait until you yeah. can match what it's being said because I can guarantee you that the majority of the time when our children giving us attitude especially as they're getting into those school years with huffing and puffing and rolling eyes and things like that those are learned behaviors right yeah totally sometimes yeah. yes you sometimes yes from their peers and what they're observing in the classrooms and things like that <laughs> for sure yeah but also <laughs> depending on how you are showing respect to your child in your home is going to be how they respect you in in your home as well yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think as you were saying that as well, I think it's really confusing. Like if you're mm. saying something to your child and your face and your body language isn't matching, like that's really confusing mm -hmm. for them to be learning mm. about emotions. Like you're mm -hmm. saying something really like happy, but you look really mad. Like yeah. <laughs> what's going yeah. on? And then they learn not to, <laughs> they don't learn to trust their own feelings and emotions and stuff like that. So we just don't, we are try, wherever possible, try not to send any mixed messages around that stuff. And that's why it's always yeah. better, I suppose, just to give yourself a breather before you try to go in mm. 
and and fix something because coming in with chaos in your head or you know fire in your belly is always going to kind of you can't calm fire with fire type stuff no no number six um another favorite do a start instruction rather than a stop instruction um this is one that i love because oftentimes more often than not we often we will start our sentences with a, a no a don't or a yeah. stop yeah okay yeah when you're giving an instruction like stop climbing on the couch the last thing that you're told here is is climb on the couch climb on the couch <laughs> so, yeah yes so you'll better to say oh couches are for sitting sit on your bottom okay so clear so direct very kind um no guesswork's required in some in a, in a start instruction yeah, yeah. so yeah. that one that one takes a lot of mindfulness and a hell of a lot of practice yeah. A hell of a lot of practice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Even as you're talking, I think for me, it's always the running and the walking and, you know, going mm. from stop running to walking, walk, walk, walk. <laughs> <laughs> Show um, me your walking feet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's, and, and it's amazing how much you catch yourself, like kind of mm. telling them to stop doing something, even when you know, oh, all they're going to hear is me saying, run. <laughs> yeah 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 it's a real it is a real tricky one but it's also much easier to set boundaries when you're using a start instruction as well because if you're Mm. saying something like sit on the couch oh it looks like you're having a really hard time sitting on the couch let me help you you know so you can kind of use that same language to follow through when you're actually boundary setting as well Mm. yeah totally focus on listening more it's a hard one, um, but a good one. <laughs> but yeah, mm. I think um, really learning to listen, um, you know, ask mm. questions of them and listening to our children more. Um, it just shows, I guess it's it's that two-way learning thing, isn't it? Like if we mm. are listening to them um, and stopping what we're doing a lot quicker, then when it comes to them listening to us, um, they're going to stop what they're doing and start listening to us a lot quicker. Yeah, there's Which, that beautiful, still take time. Um, that beautiful <laughs> quote. It's by Catherine Wallace. That quote. Um, she goes, "Listen earnestly to anything your child wants to tell you, no matter what, because if you don't listen earnest, um, eagerly to the little stuff when they're little, they're not going to tell you the big stuff when they are big, because to them it's always been big stuff." And yes. of that one, like that, always gives me like the shivers when I read that one because it's really hard. Um, to remind yourself of your child's perspective because it's always big yeah. stuff to them it is always big stuff they've got nothing else to measure it up against because this is their learning this yeah. is how they learn you know a catastrophe scale is a really good one so if you've got a child in your life at, at, the, at the moment who's really finding things and making things far bigger than they actually need to be the catastrophe scale is a really good uh, resource and visual tool to use with your children Mm. so go check that one out a little side note (laughs) just Uh, (laughs) writing it down be right back (laughs) (laughs) google 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 yeah Um, yeah (laughs) number eight is we want to check our expectations so too many instructions too many unknown words is what you're actually asking your child way above 
what they are capable of doing do you need to slow it down or break it up into smaller more achievable tasks give them that mm -hmm. opportunity to feel successful over it um and then and then move them on to the next thing so um i do find that this is probably the hardest part of parenting as well one of the hardest parts is just like how do i know where my expectations should be with this child at this age you know yeah. because you don't really know this is your first this is your first rodeo as a parent yeah. and you go, well, what, what should a two-year-old be able to do? Am yeah. I actually being quite realistic or not? Mm. Yeah. Tricky one. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And even for the, like the individuals, like I know, you know, we thought second time round we'd learned mm. so much. <laughs> and then we had a second <laughs> child that was completely different to the first one. And I was like, shit, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Back to the drawing board we go. Yeah. Um, and number nine, say what you mean and mean what you say. Um, I can honestly say like sarcasm and jokes and stuff for kids is so lost most of the time, particularly when you are trying to give cruel. instructions. Yeah. Um, and when you realise that they have no idea what you were trying to get across, um, mm -hmm. it's a really big, it's a really big light bulb moment of, yeah, like that's, the, they're just not there yet um so yeah say what you mean I mean what you say um keep it simple and you know when you think of the other eight um things that are there keeping it simple keeping you know less words soften your voice focus on listening to them and mm. checking your expectations like it all makes for really clear communication mm. and that's what our kids ultimately need from us is that clear kind communication yeah. um i love that you know say what you mean and mean what you say because when you align yourself with that most of the time as a parent your kids actually learn to trust that what you're saying is what you mean and mm -hmm. and there's less fight there's less you know there's less pushback there's less there's less of the dramatics across the board yeah because you're not getting swept up into their chaos um yeah you're you're just kind of constantly bringing everything back down to being grounded so yes yeah. oh, yeah. i love this topic i could literally go on and on yeah <laughs> i feel that way with so many things when it comes to kids and motherhood and parenting like i just think there's so many topics that just don't even get put on the table um and it's kind of cruel like i was mm. having a chat the other day and we were talking about we were talking about birth and how um a lot of the birth process is, you know, it's ingrained in us. It's ancestral. It's there mm. in ourselves. It's because the women before us mm. have done it. A lot of our parenting today has never been done like this before. Um, mm. We haven't had the same challenges. There hasn't been, you know, like technology and all of the mm. things that we're experiencing. Um, and mm. I guess even the knowledge around how our kids are actually developing hasn't been there. So a lot of what mm. we're doing, we're doing for the first time. Yeah, and I just love when the boomers are like, "Well, we haven't done it," and it's yeah. just like, "You guys created this world, so sit down, and shut up." <laughs> yeah, yeah, for for, for that whole Thanks generation so that's like, "I'm fine. I'm just going to chat to my therapist for the third time this yeah, week." Yeah, I fine. know. I know. I know. I just yeah, I don't yes. love that argument at all. Oh, good. No. Oh, well, thank you awesome. so much for joining us today. Um, such a good chat. We'll see you in episode 14. Um, yay, season two. Woohoo! Yeah.
here we are so pumped so pumped <laughs> and very very excited for what's coming in the next few months so definitely stick around because yes. there's going to be a pretty amazing yeah. offer popping up absolutely bye bye We hope this episode has encouraged the shit out of you. If you have loved it as much as we've loved recording it, then rate our show, screenshot, share, and tag us. And you can find us at feelgoodparenthood underscore on Instagram. See you next time.